Hello, and welcome to the Neshama Project podcast, where we explore spiritual tools for human thriving. I'm Rabbi Ben Newman. Today, I would like to continue my exploration of the theme of light in honor of the Hebrew month of Kislev, which contains the holiday of Hanukkah. We are now on the third night of Hanukkah tonight. So in honor of this, I'd like to do a little meditation from the Zohar on the candle flame, comparing the candle flame to the human soul. And the idea when we're celebrating Hanukkah is to look at the candles and to meditate upon them. So this would actually be a perfect opportunity to listen to this meditation as you're looking at the flames of the candles and it will give you something to contemplate as you are meditating on the flame of the candles. I'm going to start with a quote, which is the quote that the Zohar is drawing from, which is from Proverbs 20.27. Ner Adonai Nishmat Adam Chofes Kol Chadrei Vaten the life breath, the soul of a human being is the ner, is the candle, is the lamp of yud vav revealing all its innermost parts. And the quote here cites the word ner, which is why I, I put it in Hebrew on purpose, because ner means candle. Uh, if you light the Hanukkah candles, you might say the blessing, lehadlik ner, to light a candle. But, or lehadlik ner shel Shabbat, also candle. Uh, the Zohar is going to take this as an acronym, the nun and the resh for two aspects of the human soul, nefesh and ruach, nefesh being the animal soul and ruach being the emotional soul. So let's take a look. This is from Zohar 183b5. Come and see. Nefesh is the lower animation that is attached to the body like the light of a flame, where its lower black light is attached to the wick and is not separated from it and is only repaired in it. And when the black light is repaired and held onto by the wick, it becomes a throne for the upper white light, which is upon it, for it dwells upon the black light. And this white light corresponds to the light of the Ruach, Zohar continues. After the two of them are repaired, the black light and the white light which is upon it, the white light becomes a throne for the hidden light, which is unseen and unknown, which dwells on the white light, and this corresponds to the light of the neshama, and then it is a complete light. In the way that there are three lights within a flame, 
one on top of the other, one, the black light attached to the wick, which is the lowest of all, two, the white light which dwells upon the black light, three, hidden light which is unknown that dwells upon the white light. Thus it is with a person who is complete in everything, who also has three lights, one on top of the other, as described above with the light of the flame, which are Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama. And then this person is called holy, as the verse says, as to the holy and mighty ones that are in the land. So the three levels of the soul, Nefesh, Ruach, and Neshama, are equated with a flame, a candle flame. And presumably, the wick itself might be equated with the body, the part of the flame that is, they're describing as black here, that I might describe as blue, is attached to the wick. That is the nefesh level of the soul. And then the white light that's connected, attached, surrounding the, a crown for, they say, the black part of the flame uh, is the ruach, the emotional soul. And then the unseen part of the flame is the neshama, the highest part of the soul. Now they don't mention there are two more parts of the soul, the chaya and the yachida. And these are parts of the soul that are almost indistinguishable from the divine itself. These are perhaps even more subtle than the invisible level of the flame, uh, even maybe above that. And uh, I think it's a really interesting and apt metaphor to compare the human soul to a candle flame in so many different ways. First, there is the way of sort of the physical materiality of the wick and the uh, immateriality of the soul that is attached to the wick and sort of dependent on the wick. But also because just like a candle flame seems like one um, sort of permanent thing, uh, the human soul seems like sort of one permanent thing. But the truth is, just like a candle flame, which is not the same thing, it's constantly changing, right? It's not the same flame over and over and over again. It's always a different flame, just like a stream is always a different stream. It's not the same stream, it's different water passing through the stream. And in the same way, it's different fire. This fire is continually being renewed. I would say the same thing is true of the human soul, that it is constantly changing and impermanent. It's never the same thing. Uh, and, I, and uh, you know, this brings up the idea of, well, if the human soul is not something that's permanent, it's always changing, uh, how can it be that that soul is either goes to heaven or is reborn in Gilgul and reincarnation? Uh, and... I would say that the process itself could continue. The process, which is that um, process that the soul is going through uh, in 
constantly renewing itself. That is what is reborn, or that is what uh, go, is reborn in heaven, or whatever, if you believe in heaven. Uh, and similar in the Buddhist tradition, how they talk about the five aggregates. These are sort of um, different aspects of the human personality, including thought, sensation, um, things like that. Uh, I would say they roughly correspond to the levels of the human soul in Jewish mysticism, in Kabbalah. And I would say it's a very similar sort of idea here, which is all to say that the sense of the human self, the sense of the human soul as being permanent and unchanging is actually um, inaccurate in my opinion that the human soul is something that's constantly changing, is not permanent and unchanging. It's different from moment to moment. We think that it's something that's stable and permanent and unchanging, but the truth is that the only part of it that's permanent and unchanging is that part that is the most subtle, the part that in this Kabbalistic text, in the Zohar, is connected to the unseen light of the candle flame, and perhaps even to those two higher levels of the soul, the Chaya and the Yechida, that are connected directly to God, the unseen, the unknowable, the infinite. And the truth is that is beyond your individual human ego, your individual human ego personality. And those things that we think of as our self uh, that we might equate with our soul, those things are actually uh, just parts of our ego, parts of our human personality. There's a great midrash about Moses. It says, The sages drew this distinction. All of the prophets saw the Holy One dimly as through a dirty, dark, nearly opaque black mirror. But Moses gazed at God through a polished mirror, a mirror, a mirror that shines, a spaklaria dinahara. And the idea here is that all of the other prophets saw reflected black at them their own darkness, their own ego. Whereas Moses, who, according to tradition, was so humble, he only saw reflected back to him the pure light of God consciousness. And this sort of brings us back to the previous two weeks' discussion of the Orhaganus, because this Orhaganus is in a way that God consciousness that's inside each one of us that's accessible. But what we need to do is we need to contract our egos, get our egos out of the way in order to experience that light directly. Otherwise, we only experience the Holy, the Holy One through a 
dark mirror through a mirror that does not shine, which reflects back to us our own ego. That teaching is from the Talmud Yevamot 49b. There's a great quote from the philosopher Emmanuel Levinas from his Totality and Infinity, an essay on exteriority, page 51. He says, To approach the other in conversation is to welcome their expression, in which at each instant they overflow the idea a thought would carry away from it. It is therefore to receive from the other beyond the capacity of the I, which means exactly to have the idea of infinity. Finally, infinity, overflowing the idea of infinity, puts the spontaneous freedom within us into question. It commands and judges it and brings it to its truth. The analysis of the idea of infinity to which we gain access only starting from an eye will be terminated with the surpassing of the objective. And to me that means that by moving beyond the I, beyond the ego, that's the only way we can see the infinite that's within us. That higher level of soul, that neshama, uh, that yechida, that chaya. Here's another quote from the Zohar. But by my name Yudhevavai, I was known to them. These are the supernal colors that are hidden, yet illuminate, that Moses merited to observe. And this is the secret reason why the eye is sometimes closed and sometimes open. When the eye is closed, it is the Espaclaria de Nahara, the illuminating mirror. And when it is open, it sees Espaclaria de la Nahara, the mirror that does not illuminate. This is from Rabbi Nachman of Bratslav, Likutei Maharan 164. Know this, that machloket, disagreement, is analogous to the creation of the world, which consisted of creating an empty space. For if it were not so, everything would be infinitely divine, in sof, and there would be no space left for the world. Therefore God contracted the light to the sides, and an empty space was left in which the world could be created, with all its time and spatial dimensions, all done by the act of speech, as it is written, by the word of God were the heavens made, etc. Psalm 33. So too is the case with disagreement, for if all the wise were united, there would be no creation of the world. It is only when there is disagreement between them, and they divide, and each draws to one side, a space is created between them which is analogous to the empty space and the contraction of the lights by which the world itself was created. Part of what this says to me is that the only way to really encounter the infinite, as I said, is to contract one's own ego. So with that, we will draw to a close our discussion of Ner Adonai Nishmat Adam, the candle of Adonai is the soul of a human being and the idea of how to get in touch with 
that infinite part of ourselves through the contraction of our ego. That's it for the Nishama Project this week. Take care, everybody. Until next time, this has been Rabbi Ben Newman with the Nishama Project.